Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We have a very special show this morning. We're talking to Jason Stickler, who is ESSER Supervisor for Putnam County Schools. Jason, welcome back. We've got a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and I know we're uh, we're going to be talking about TCAPs and summer school and appeals and retesting and just a wide, wide range of, of subjects. Why don't we start, though, with you telling everybody a little bit about your background and sort of what you do for Putnam County? Sure. Uh, I graduated from Cookville High School uh, here in uh, 1995 and graduated from Georgia Southern University and uh, moved back here to be part of the Putnam County School System. Started out uh, as RTI uh, coordinator for the district and then went into uh, ESSER supervisor role and kind of facilitated ESSER funding across the district. And uh, last year and going into this year, have uh, had the opportunity to serve as also ESSER supervisor, but also the data and testing supervisor for the county as well. Which really broadens that that scope of responsibilities it, it, quite a bit. It does, it does. But kind of, it, you know, uh, related to uh, ESSER, you know, a lot that we did with ESSER is, is making sure that our products are working appropriately and, and that we're getting good outcomes from that. And so everything just kind of naturally kind of flowed together there. Well, that, that's great. We want to talk about ESSER. So why don't you, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that say, what in the heck is or was ESSER had a big effect a couple of years ago. Just tell us what it is and whether it's finished now or still winding down. Well, we're still kind of winding down. Uh, you know, uh, the first and foremost, the goal of the ESSER funding was to for us to be able to provide safe, uh, productive environments for our students and our staff uh, in our buildings. And uh, our ESSER funding came in three grants, ESSER 1, ESSER 2, and ESSER 3. And it kind of followed the cycle of you know, at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, how are we going to ensure that students maintain their education through the beginning of the pandemic? And then as we moved into ESSER 2, how do we bring students back into that regular learning environment? How do we close achievement gaps or academic gaps uh, due to absences or prolonged absences due to COVID-19? And so ESSER 2 uh, dealt with a lot of um you know, bringing students back into the building. How do we get back into some sense of normalcy in the academic uh, world? Uh, and then ESSER 3 really focused on uh, instruction. You know, how do we finish up ESSER 1 and ESSER 2 projects, but then uh, how do we go in and make sure that students are able to progress to those next grade levels effectively? As the pandemic uh, gets in the rearview mirror, don't know if we'll ever get it totally in the rearview mirror, but as we do, then the ESSER funding also begins to bleed down, right? Sure. Uh, yes, sir. Through uh, September of 2024 uh, is, is kind of what we're looking at there. Of course, that would be kind of cycling out our funding from ESSER 3. So um, we will be spending down funds throughout this year, uh, finishing up some building projects, uh, completing some of our contracts uh, on the academic side as well. And, and it, again, you know, our outcome there is to make sure that we have safe environments for our staff and students. And then making sure that academically we're able to close those gaps and, and ensure that students can move on to that next grade level uh, and be successful. Yeah, that's the whole point is to uh, make that student successful as they as they move on. Well, we're going to talk about the wind down of ESSER funds and, and what Putnam County, how Putnam County benefited from the funds. But top of mind right now, we've just closed out summer school. Mm -hmm. we've, uh, we've had this experience with... 
TCAPs again this year. Uh, the, the legislature got all excited about them. That's all right in your boiler room. You're right in the middle of all of that. So tell us first about summer school. We've just uh, just closed. Is that correct? Fairly we did. recently. Uh, uh, yes, sir. June 30th uh, was our last day. Uh, we, had, we, we did some makeup days on, on Fridays. Uh, started at the beginning of June, uh, June 5th, and ran through June uh, 30th. Um, you know, let me say, summer school uh, w- was tremendous. I mean, we had a wonderful um, staff and administration that, that made this happen uh, for our students. Had over 1,000 students register wow. uh, for summer school uh, this year. And, uh, you know, from our transportation department, nutrition department, um, after school care, uh, before school care, SAC leaps, our administrators, our assistant principals that stepped up to to be the principals of our summer school, and all of our teachers uh, and, and everybody that was involved just did a great job to to make sure that we had a really good outcome uh, with summer school. So really excited about that. But yeah, we're uh, that that's our kind of what we're doing right now is kind of winding all that down, taking a look at what the data looked like, uh, what our outcomes were, and closing closing summer school out. Well, what um, to me one of the really interesting thing is the the use of the assistant principals. Uh, this is a real developmental experience for them. Uh, a chance to really run the show during the summer. Is that right? And they did. Uh, you know, we we had four uh, locations for our elementary and then one location for our middle schools. We have Burke's Element, Elementary, Cane Creek Elementary, uh, Jerry Whitson Cornerstone, and our middle school um, was housed at uh, Prescott South Middle School. And um, our, our assistant principals that stepped up there to to lead uh, the the staff and the students in the buildings just did a great job, and they, they and they have great experiences in the buildings that they are you know right now uh, where they're placed right now. Sure. But this really just gave them that opportunity to uh, experience you know facilitating a building when when they're the ones there in the building to make the decision you know and really gave them that good uh, that that good foundation of experience. So. And you had a thousand students or more, and the as you said the transportation supervisor. Uh, nutrition. They all had to plan only for a few locations, but a completely different dynamic than what you do during the regular year. Oh, most definitely. You know, um, you know, 1920 schools across the district, uh, you know, coming together with 11, 11 elementary schools, four middle schools, um, you know, coming together into four campuses, you know, across the district. And uh, from scheduling, you know, students, uh, we have tremendous instructional coaches in our county uh, that assisted with uh, the scheduling of our students into classes, placing teachers. Um, Of course, we talked about uh, administration there, but then also um, our transportation supervisor, Ron Chaffin, just did a wonderful job ensuring that students got where they needed to go. Yeah. uh, You know, to make sure that everybody got home safely uh, in the afternoon. And they just did a tremendous job. And what can you tell us? I know it's early, but uh, what can you tell us about the the results of of summer school? So students who went in, depending on the grade level, the rising grade level that they uh, went into summer school registered for, they took a pretest uh, or had a baseline score. And then at the end of summer school, we gave a post test. And so we're able to see how effective summer school was based upon their growth from that baseline score, a pre-score, to their post-test score uh, on um, at the end of June. Um, 
and kind of some of the preliminary data that we're that we're looking at now, uh, we're excited about. You know, we are seeing gains in both math and reading uh, from the end of the year in just 16 days of, of straightforward direct instruction. Mm-hmm. You know, in the classroom, and um, you know, heavily focused on reading and math uh, throughout the week. Um, you know, especially with those third graders. You know, with the English language arts and reading there, uh, seeing some gains uh, from their summer school data. So, re- really excited about that. Well, that's great. It's good to uh, good to see that it that it works, and and we probably ought to put a plug in here right now for parents reading to children and parents asking their children to read to them. That's stuff that goes away if you don't use it. So it's a good time for the parents to step up and continue a little summer school all through the summer, including after school gets started back. And we we uh, encourage at least twenty minutes uh, a night reading, you know, with uh, your child, and and also not not just reading with them, but you know, asking them questions. You know, what uh, what can they recall uh, about the reading? Uh, what did they comprehend about the reading? What happened here? What happened there? Uh, why is this character um, acting the way he or she did? Um, what details from the story can you give, or details from the text can uh, you know? A student give back to uh, their, their parent just definitely helps out. Yeah, the more you can engage them, the more it um, causes that brain to begin to to develop even more. That's that's great. Well, um, it, it's good that we've had summer school now, and almost immediately you blink your eyes and you're you're launching the uh, the regular school. It. Um, it's that time of year again, isn't it? it? Seems like we have both going on at the same time. You know, closing out uh, 22, 23, and then also uh, prepping for 23, 24. Uh, you know, so lots of moving parts right now. And that's uh, that's good. I imagine some some of the kids are glad to to see school coming back, and others probably are thinking, "What happened to the summer?" That's right. So, how has uh, from from the school system's perspective, how does this? Um, summer schedule work with a fall break, a spring break, and a shortened uh, time away from school in the summer. I know when it was first uh, implemented, there was good argument that uh, learning loss occurred because there were three months there in the summer that that uh, students didn't go to school, and this actually shortens that gap and maybe improves learning. Uh, what's the data shown on that? I think it's been positive. Uh, you know, last couple of years, you know, students going into that rising grade level. And, and when we look at summer school and uh, enrolling students, we use the phrase rising grade. And so our current kindergartners for summer school, they are considered rising first grade students. So essentially what we're doing is we're trying not to go back and remediate content. We're actually trying to reinforce and prepare students for that rising grade level. Um, you know, even our third graders, uh, our rising fourth graders that were going um, maybe as a requirement of the third grade retention law or just going to get that, that additional assistance, our, our goal is to, is to prepare them for fourth grade. And so, uh, you know, time away from that, that regular summer vacation schedule. Um, I know it was always a topic of discussion. Yeah, sure. Uh, but there are benefits uh, that comes from it for, for students who need that actual, uh, that additional support to make sure that they're successful in fourth grade, yeah. you know, which, which is, which, which is what we, we all want. 
It is. That's the whole goal is to make them make them successful. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk a little more about TCAPs and retesting and some things like that. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Jason Stickler, uh, Putnam County Schools, and we're talking about summer school and about uh, his role as ESSER supervisor and also the sort of the king of the data system out there. That I'm sure you wouldn't use that term, but uh, you must have a mound of data to go through in, in your office. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about TCAPs. The testing occurs late in the spring, but you're still getting scores in now, aren't you? We are. Um, coming out of the 22-23 uh, school year, uh, we started getting uh, the first round of data was revolving around that third grade uh, retention law. And so the first set of data that we've really received and it's been publicly released is the third grade ELA uh, data. As we go through the summer, uh, we we start to receive preliminary reports um, from the TCAP uh, ass- assessment. Um, at the beginning of the year, individual student reports uh, will be available for students and families. Uh, they can be picked up at the school um, starting on the first day uh, of, of school. Um, Another great option uh, for families, uh, we're talking about getting scores back and and how we can see those is our family portal. And so uh, the state of Tennessee has a TCAP family portal uh, that opened up uh, July 14th. Um, It's accessible through the Putnam County School website, uh, so PCSSTN.com. And um, if parents go into the academics section of the Putnam County website. If they click on data and testing, we have a link there to the key, uh, TCAP family portal. Going back to, to scores and, and then coming back to us over the summer, that's they start going out individually to, to parents, families, uh, students. The reports can be picked up at the beginning of the year at the student's home school. And then as a district, uh, sort of late summer, we will start to receive district level scores, you know, how we compared to other counties, how we compared to uh, state results. And then we'll start to publicly release those uh, coming out of the summer and into the beginning of August. And I noticed Mr. King wrote a um, an editorial a few weeks ago uh, that came out in the papers that one of the things that he said in it was that the TCAP scores tended to be higher in schools that had a 
student population coming from a higher socioeconomic status. That just, it makes a little bit of sense in a lot of ways. But is that pretty much true nationwide, do you think? It, it is. And, and, you know, lots of research on that uh, available. You know, when you go and you look at uh, achievement test results, a lot of research on that. But then also, if you look at uh, counties within Tennessee as well, and so uh, when you look at performance results across the state and you look at uh, socioeconomic demographic data uh, that's publicly released, when you start to correlate that together, um, you start to see some of those trends. And, and it d- does make sense. Part of it's resources. Part of it's the access the student has to things at the mm-hmm. house that are different. And um, so, yeah, these TCAPs are uh, still not totally fair. I mean, it, it's still a tough, tough environment for a lot of parents to bring their, their children in. But they are an attempt to get a level playing field and to to test people across all sectors of the uh, of the the state, let's talk. You you mentioned the third grade retention law. Uh, let's make sure everyone knows what it was, because it really had an impact on this year's summer school, didn't it? Sure, it did. Um, so the third grade retention law um, it really went into effect uh, this school year, and. Basically, what the uh, state, le- state legislature has passed and has put out there now is that students in third grade must show proficiency, uh, third grade proficiency on TCAP uh, in English lang- language arts at the end of their third grade year. Um, and I know one thing that that's encouraging here, it's not a kind of a pass or fail type of situation. It, it, it basically what we have found out through this um, first round of going through it, is that there are different pathways. And so basically your third grade ELA TCAP score at the end of the year puts you on a pathway to fourth grade. Now, one of those pathways could be retention if certain, um, you know, qualifications or or steps aren't taken, you know. Um, It could mean retention. But there are there are other ways to fourth grade, but it all depends on that TCAP score uh, at the end. Now, obviously, if a third grader is proficient at the end of the year, then they move on to fourth grade with no additional intervention required. Um, now, one good thing that I, that you know I have to say about our school districts, we have tremendous academic support. So even if students go into fourth grade being proficient at a third grade, if we see that they're starting to fall behind a little bit or um, not progressing as they should at the beginning of fourth grade. We, we have academic supports available for every student, um, you know, so that that's, that's um, you know, a support system that we have there. But some of the other pathways coming out of third grade, depending on the uh, third grade TCAP score, is, um, you know, students uh, might be exempt from the third grade uh, retention law. You know, it would be uh, English learners with less than two years of ELA instruction. Um, if a student has been previously retained in grades K through three, uh, if a student has a disability that impacts reading, or if there is a suspicion of a disability that impacts reading, those students are exempt from the retention mm-hmm. law. So they can move to fourth grade with the appropriate academic supports ready for them to make sure that they're successful. Now, students who score below or approaching 
uh, different pathways for them too. Students who score below on the TCAP, uh, they can take a retest. So they take a retest at uh, at the end of the year um, and have the opportunity to score approaching or proficient and then move into that pathway. Um, students who remain at the below category out of the third grade year mm-hmm. would go to summer school and they would participate in tutoring during fourth grade. So still move to fourth grade, but they would have to go to summer school and, and, do, and tutoring. do tutoring during the fourth grade. Would that tutoring occur during the, the uh, school day or is it extra after school or both? I think it's our hope now to, to incorporate it into the school day, uh, to make it as family-friendly uh, as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the discussions or one of the conversations that we're having now is that we really don't know what that's going to look like because we don't know the numbers yet um, of how many students uh, made the growth that was needed out of summer school to to be promoted to fourth grade without further intervention. And that's that last category. That's that approaching category. The majority of our students in Putnam County on the TCAP assessment in third grade fall within that approaching – that's a large population of our third graders – fall right there, right underscoring approach – metrics exceeded, right in that approaching category. Now, those students, they can – they can choose whether they want to go to summer school or do tutoring in fourth grade. But if they go to summer school and they show adequate growth – Right. And so if they if they make progress from their baseline score to their post test in summer school, then they could just be promoted into fourth grade without further intervention. Um, so multiple pathways, and it really all depends on that TCAP score at the end of uh, third grade. That's pretty cool. Uh, it has obviously uh, been a point of discussion and consternation for families this summer. Uh, we're beginning to see the results. We're beginning to see it. After our break, we're going to talk a little bit more, and I I want you to define approaching and below uh, for our listeners, if you would, at that point. This is Local Matters. We're taking a break. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Jason Stickler from Putnam County Schools, and we're talking about summer school and about data and uh, about um, how these things affect to every student in the in the school system, Jason. Before the break, we were um, we were talking about third grade scores on on uh, English language arts and and in particular, you were talking about students who scored as approaching or as below a standard. Uh, tell everyone a little more about how you score approaching or below. Sure. So there are four scoring categories on TCAP, uh, below, uh, approaching, uh, met or exceeded. And so a student who met or exceeded their um, grade level score on TCAP is what we would consider being on grade level. They were able to perform. uh, These are students who met or exceeded. They were able to perform on the assessment answer questions related to standards that were taught in third grade. And so our assumption out of a met or exceeded score is that those students have acquired the knowledge in third grade to be able to start day one in fourth grade with the knowledge 
to, to move through uh, those first beginning standards of fourth grade. Um, and then, of course, you know, your exceed students would would uh, would have performed at a higher, little higher level than um, students who were in the met category. Right. Students who were in the approaching category were right at the cusp. They, they were close. They were, they were, they were close uh, to being grade level proficient. Students in the below category might need some additional supports in fourth grade to get them. Uh, to where they need to be to access those standards at the beginning of fourth grade. And the argument is if they are below, they're going to struggle in fourth grade with the reading expectations, with all these things you're trying to do is get not put a hand behind their back and have it tied behind their back for the next seven years they're in school. And, and I think you know we I think we've talked about this uh, before when, when we when we think about ESSER and the funding, uh, the academic supports that were provided through ESSER funding. That's one thing that we looked at was that you know even through ESSER one, ESSER two, ESSER three, the COVID nineteen pandemic progression from 2018, 2019 on, students still progress through those grade levels. Kindergarten first, it, it didn't stop. Right. You know, so um, students were still expected to move to that next grade level. And so every grade level that a student progresses into, there is a new set of standards that for the most part, it is uh, built upon a foundation that was laid in the previous grade. And and math is a perfect example to, to look at that, you know. You know, in one, in, maybe in third grade, um, we're looking at multiplication, division. But then we move into fourth grade, we might we might start looking at um, a little bit deeper into fractions, uh, single step, uh, multi step equations. When you start getting into upper level middle school, we're looking at that algebra, geometry, moving into high school. Um, so everything is a building block upon the previous content that's been taught. Um, and so it's always a progression. It, it doesn't, you know, there's not a stop and a pause and not a lot of room for remediation. Right. And so we have to keep moving forward to make sure students are able to progress to the grade levels. Well, it's um, it, it's just so important that that foundation is stable. It's like building a house. You just mm-hmm. can't um, build those upper floors without a firm foundation right. under underneath it. Well, you mentioned ESSER again. Uh, if if you're looking back now at uh, ESSER and its benefit to Putnam County, it was the government government's attempt to put some funds out to help us through uh, a challenging time. Uh, how did Putnam County mostly benefit from it? Our number one benefit, I think, was providing students, number one, with a safe uh, environment and and definitely number two in in Putnam County really putting in academic supports for students who needed it um, throughout the 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 ESSER process the COVID nineteen pandemic um, you know happy to say that our students really didn't skip a beat moving moving forward we were able to provide that instruction provide those supports a lot of additional um, intervention programs and platforms provided uh, not only for our elementary students, but our middle and high school students as well. Um, 
you know, so that those were the greatest benefits was was being able to provide our students with that academic support that they need to be successful, um, whether it be, you know, programs or platforms, but then also staffing, uh, you know, lowering those class sizes, making sure that students when they when they have an academic need, if they're struggling in math, they're able to go to a math specialist and sit down and have a small group session with that teacher to really close that gap to be able to perform in the classroom. And and we kept them safe during that time. And that's, yeah. as you said, that was the primary, primary goal. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and look at some of the other kinds of data that you deal with, some of the other testing, some of the other developmental activities. You work a lot with students who are um, – gifted in some ways who who are working in advanced placement or in other programs like that let's talk about that and talk about act exams and ap exams all the things that you do for those students well one of the great things uh i think one of the, one of the accomplishments that we we did in putnam county uh, coming out of the 22 23 school year was we shifted we talked about act uh, we shifted to online testing uh, at the end of the year um, and ha- had a tremendous outcome uh, with that from implementation uh, and, you know, students scoring uh, what they would need to score to be able to um, to get that financial assistance to move into a college uh, environment. Uh, so we're very happy uh, with how that first round of online testing went um, in the spring. Uh, now we'll be moving into a uh, state contract uh, next year, 23-24. Um, the ACT will be offered online um, for our, for the school options. So students have the opportunity to take it at least two times um, as 11th grader, but then we also offer senior retake opportunity uh, as well. And so multiple opportunities for students to take the ACT. Um you know, of course, we're looking for at least a 21 or, or above there uh, it is our goal. Um, and uh, a lot of supports there. It encouraged parents to to log on to the Putnam County website. Again, go to the data testing um, section, and we have some uh, ACT parent resources as, as well to help students prepare. Uh, and then, of course, you know, working with their high school counselor, their high school teachers as well, lots of Lots of resources there um, to take advantage of. Really encourage, you know, parents and students to take advantage of those opportunities to prepare for ACT uh, before we get to the assessment day. ACT I mean, is just so important, and it, to the student or the parent, uh, anything you can do to prepare it just it it's great for you, not for anybody else, for you. And when you get to that college or university and you've got that really, really good ACT score, you're going to be walking away with scholarships and financial aid offers that will be the envy of other students. So any student can make that 31 or 32 or whatever on the ACT and walk out smiling. And we're looking at senior retakes uh, starting at around October 31st of this year, and we'll actually have two windows, so October 31st to around November 2nd, and then November 7th to November 9th, and then our 11th graders, our tentative schedules for them to uh, start taking ACT around March 26th. 
Um, and we have our full uh, district testing calendar uh, posted on our website as well. Um, and that is starting to be populated with our assessment dates uh, for next year. And so from our AP exams, our um, our SDC exams, statewide dual credit exams, ACT, TCAP, um, our universal screeners, um, all of those dates are starting to be published on our website um, uh, on the good, county, county Good website. time to get on there and begin to look at those things. Yes, sir. And you might just explain to some listeners – what AP is. Advanced placement can be really important to the student. It can. Uh, provides them uh, opportunity, uh, student choice, um, and also AP and GPA credit uh, as well. We'll be looking to take those exams uh, around May uh, 2024 uh, in grades 9 through 12. Uh, and those assessments are used for students who are enrolled in AP classes, um, and it's used to, to actually uh, fulfill the requirement of those, uh, those classes. And uh, again, when they go on to a community college or a university or, or wherever, those advanced placement scores are, are really, really important to them. So um, it's, it's great uh, that you've got such great resources. And I don't think we can emphasize too much the role of the counselors in this. They can really help that student get ready, can't they? They can, and, and prevent a lot of surprises uh, at the end of that senior year uh, as well. So uh, definitely take advantage of, of, of your counselors uh, at, at each high school and make sure that we are having discussions with them regularly uh, to make sure we're on track for graduation. Then also taking advantage of the opportunities, like we mentioned, AC, uh, ACT, prep opportunities, financial assistance uh, for college, uh, and then also just um, just college and career readiness in general, you know. You know, what am I going to do once I graduate high school? What options are available for me? And, and how can I use the education that, that I have received so far to, uh, to be successful? Well, that's a good one to close on. Uh, get out there and, and get with those counselors, and, and uh, good luck in this, this coming school year. Jason, it's been great having you with us today, and good luck to you in interpreting all of this data that's coming your way. Uh, during the year. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.